Hello, hello. My name is Kim Addis. I'm the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching and the co-founder of the Journal That Talks Back. You have just joined the Frame of Mind Coaching podcast with my incredible, amazing, absolutely awesome co-host, Fernie Cotliar, who also happens to be my daughter. Fernie, welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Don't we look alike? We kind of do look alike for people who are looking at us, but most people just listen to us. So maybe we sound alike too. Who knows? Uh, how are you today? Good. Very good. I am. Yeah, sir. Getting ready to leave somewhere? Yeah, I'm heading to Montreal tomorrow. <laughs> I'm always okay. back and forth. Um, when the sound quality is good, I'm typically already in Montreal because I'm using um, my boyfriend's sound technology fancy podcasting machine. Um, when it's not so good, I'm probably not in Montreal. I think it sounds fantastic. You guys <laughs> and your fancy technology. I think it's all overrated. But anyway, um, so what do you want to talk about today? So today I want to talk about exhaustion. I guess um, I know that you're quite familiar with this topic, but you know, when you haven't slept for a few days and you're utterly exhausted, how do you keep going? How do you keep trekking? Do you just take a day off? How do you recalibrate and come back? How do you deal with the exhaustion? Um, whether you just had kids or you're going through menopause or you just have a lot of work to do, how do you deal with that? I, I think that exhaustion isn't just about being tired, right? When we think about exhaustion, it's loaded with an emotional um, element that we don't really pay attention to. And we need to pay attention to that and separate just pure exhaustion from the emotional impact of exhaustion. And so can you, you know, tell me a little bit about the differences? Yeah. So, so if I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I need rest, I need sleep. Easy solution, right? You're t- tired, go take some rest. Like the math is simple on that front. What makes it not simple is the conversation that people tend to have in their heads that says, I shouldn't be sleeping. I shouldn't be resting. I have all these things to do. I have all these responsibilities. I'm going to be letting people down. Um, I can't not show up. I have obligations. And if I don't show up and if I don't get my work done, then what does that mean about me? It means that I'm not performing. I'm less than everybody else. And I don't matter. I'm, I don't have value. And all this chatter that creates not only exhaustion, but stress on top of the exhaustion. And, you know, if we just only talk about exhaustion, we understand when you're tired, go take some rest, right? But this is not a conversation about pure exhaustion. It's not a conversation about lack of sleep or letting your body recover. It's a conversation about the emotional aspects tied into being exhausted and how it affects your relationships, how it affects your performance, how it affects your ability to be present and attentive and showing up. It affects how you react and respond to things. And maybe it causes you to be short-tempered or impatient or whatever that is. And so exhaustion is a pure problem. But when you look at the emotional impact or the emotional aspects tied to exhaustion, that's when the problem gets bigger. So what I hear you saying is essentially exhaustion. Okay. Easy solution. You go get some sleep, but the kind of the thought process behind whether or not you deserve sleep or you have time to sleep and all that, that thought process behind it is really what changes the game and 
makes things so much more complicated. Right. So, I'll, oh yeah, go for it. I'll, I'll give you an example. Okay. So one of my clients happens to be in the financial industry and, you know, he's works at a bank, he's you know working on mergers and acquisitions and all these really complicated, high profile deals worth millions and millions of dollars, uh, very complex, et cetera. And so it is the culture of the bank for the people working on a deal to stay up till two, three in the morning, every single day until the deal is done. And so they, they barely sleep. They now need to wake up early, present their presentation and expect to do that, you know, with all of their faculties. But we know that if they haven't slept and if they haven't recharged, then their likelihood of top performance is actually compromised. We know that. But also doesn't that lead to more mistakes? Leads to more mistakes, leads to all kinds of things. But it's the culture of this industry. It's the expectation. It's the norm. So how do you break out of it? Well, so, you know, that's the problem is how do you have a conversation with someone who's grown up in the industry, who everybody else around him is functions that way, where that is the expectation. And not only is that the expectation where this particular person was, was really good at the grind, really good at staying up late, putting in all the hours and charging through, like, you know, not relenting. And now the shit hits the fan and he realizes this is not the most ideal situation for me emotionally, physically, spiritually, even productively. So now what? Now we have a problem. And the problem is, hey, I get it. I need to rest. But how do I actually make that happen for myself when there are all these pressures happening that are forcing me to show up and do what is expected of me? So how do you change that? Well, so, you know, what we do is we take it little by little, right? We take it little by little. We don't try to create a a revolution overnight. We don't try to create that 180 degree change because his beliefs are, I have to be there. I have to show up. I have to be with my team. I have to perform. I, you know, it's the expectation. So you can't take him from that place to saying, okay, you know what? You need to be in bed by 10, not going (laughs) to happen. Right. So, but I think we also kind of skipped a step because you just said, yeah, he gets it. He, he understands that that's not what he wants, but how do you get someone who is kind of struggling? They know it's because they're missing sleep, but they don't understand that they need to change their thought process before that. Like, I think I think one of the things we do is we capture their current state, right? So when a client, for example, journals with me, we're capturing their state. The state might be exhaustion. The, might, the state might be annoyance, frustration, impatience, agitation. All of so we're capturing the state, and we're connecting that state to a lack of rest, a lack of sleep, right? Just pure exhaustion. And so they're connecting the dots, but that's not even enough. What's really important is to go the distance and say, okay, what's actually the cost of this problem? What's the cost? And what is the sacrifice you're making in your life by perpetuating the cycle? So what so would be an example? What would be an example of the cost of the sacrifice for the cost is it's it, the cost is it's causing my costing my health. It's costing my mood. It's costing my my performance. Actually, it's right. So the, what am I sacrificing? I'm sacrificing my life. I'm sacrificing my 
my well-being. I'm sacrificing the possibility of being cheerful and enjoying the people around me. Okay. So here's a question. Um, If they don't get enough sleep, how do you capture what they would be like if they did get enough sleep, if they never get that sleep? Well, we go back to a time when this wasn't the case and we say, Hey, you know, like, did you always feel this way? What was it like when you were sleeping normal hours? What was it like? What were you like as a kid? Were you always this wound up? Were you always this exhausted? Were you always this stressed out? Were you always this agitated? Were you always this way? Right? So there's there's always some level of comparison. And, and so we ease them into a, a more acceptable way of taking care of themselves. So again, if they're used to staying up till three o'clock every night, now we're not going to get them to go to bed at 10. But what we will do is talk about, hey, are you the one who has to do all of this stuff? Or is there a team that perhaps you could delegate to? Can we look at what you're doing a little bit differently? Can we look at your ideology about leadership? Right? Can we look at your beliefs around what you need to be there for versus what somebody else can do for you. And so we're looking at it from a 360 degree vantage point, And we're looking at their beliefs about why they feel forced to be up until three. And maybe, you know, the initial goal is, you know what, today, you're not going to be up until three. You're only going to be up until one thirty. Wow. Daring. Daring, exactly. And so the idea is to make small incremental improvements. But what we want to see is small incremental improvements in thought first. Mm. So when a person thinks about it differently, then they behave differently. If they don't think about it differently, their behavior doesn't change. So when they realize, right, something's got to give, I got to make a change and it's okay for me to make the change. In fact, it's necessary for me to make the change. It's a leadership quality to make the change. Then they're willing to do it. Okay. So what, and what would be an example? I guess you just gave me an example of a thought process that would change or how that would move from this is immovable. This is necessary to maybe something can change. Yes. So for this particular client, the the change was, yes, there are some people who can do some, some of these things. Yes. I don't have to look at every single change they make. I could look at it at the end of the process instead of every time along the way. And yes, there are some mistakes that are going to happen and they are low risk mistakes. So I'm okay to accept them at this phase of the game. I'm okay, okay that it's not going to be a perfect, an absolutely draft. perfect document. Mm, yeah. Right. So lots of layers here and I'm okay to go to bed at one o'clock and revisit it in the morning. And so given these changes, have, have they seen a change mentally, physically, massive, emotionally? Massive, massive. And, you know, I mean, along with this, he's taking care of himself in a whole bunch of other ways that might have taken away some of the energy. So when we talk about exhaustion, we're talking about energy too. So there are things we do that drain our energy, things like eating sugar, things like maybe drinking alcohol, things like um, 
you know, yes, not sleeping, but things like maybe being exposed to certain people that are just exhausting that create an energy drain. And so he's much more conscious about those things that boost his energy, the people that boost his energy, the situations, the food intake, the, the substances, whatever those are that he, he might be taking versus the things that create energy for him. And And what does, what does this look like with respect to his relationships? Yeah, good question. So, I mean, in hit in this particular case, he had a relationship or he has a relationship with someone where the trend was to live a lifestyle of exhaustion together, together. And Mm -hmm. now he's realizing this isn't working for me. I don't want to stay up so late watching Netflix. I don't want to go out with everybody till three in the morning and drink till I'm sick. Right. I don't want to do those things. So initially there's a little friction, Mm. right. But then that friction starts to change as this individual takes more responsibility for himself, as this individual starts to appreciate the impact of the change for himself. So he gets planted in the change. And when you're planted in the change, you become an anchor in your relationship. And the person around you has a choice. They can choose to say, this isn't for me. See you later. Or they can join you. And so what we're seeing is she's starting to join him a little bit. But I guess I meant more emotionally. So like when you're tired, you get snappy, you get irritated, you get short-tempered, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Has he been seeing a change in the way he communicates with people, in his tolerance for people? A hundred percent. Uh, Well, he's seeing a change in two ways. Number one is he's calmer and more sure of himself in the way he communicates with people. He's more direct, more specific, and in a way less tolerant of people in his life who don't align with his well-being and values, right? So if there are people in his world that aren't healthy for him then he's more, he's he's more ready to create a distance with those people and so all those are great moves all those are great decisions and what we see quite frankly in coaching is that as the client increases their healthiness their health some of those people in their lives start to drop off the people who are no longer a match for mm-hmm. this state of well-being They just sort of drop off. And sometimes the client says, hey, what's happening? You know, this doesn't feel good. It's a little agitating. But we say we're moving in a healthy direction because these people no longer support the direction you're heading in. And do you think it's possible to still have a relationship with these people? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. It depends on the negative impact they have on you. If they have a strong negative impact, it's better to let some of these people go. And sometimes it's important just to accept people as they are. Like we've had lots of clients who have had struggles with their parents, for example. Mm. It's hard to let go of your parents, right? And sometimes your parents just show up in funny, strange ways, right? (laughs) Maybe they are, they nag a lot, or maybe they have very old fashioned values or views, or maybe they're very critical, whatever it is. And so we also understand that these people don't want to break a relationship with their parents. They want to manage it more effectively. And so that's part of the process. When we have more bandwidth, 
it makes it much easier for them to handle these kinds of inputs with less stress, with less agony, Mm. right? With less agitation. Absolutely. Yeah. So exhaustion isn't just about sleep. It's not just about rest. It's really about how we think about our well-being, how we think about what's possible for us, how we think about what we're entitled to, what our values are, and how we want our life to be. So exhaustion is a more complex than just the subject of get more rest. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I think those are very interesting topic. So for those of you who are listening, and if you're experiencing exhaustion, you know, ask yourself a question. What do I believe to be true about my time? What do I believe to be true about my obligations and responsibilities? And start to explore whether or not some of what you believe is actually true, or if it's something that you've embraced that isn't really working for you. And um, if you'd like to talk about it, we'd love to talk to you. So please reach out. I can be found at Kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. And where can you be found, Fernie? Please email me as well at ferniecotliar at live.com. And for those of you listening, we do also have kind of a survey going on to see what you guys want to hear, what you guys, what topics you want more of. Uh, So please fill that out. It'll be found in the footnotes of the podcast. Amazing. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.